Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I could go so many different ways this morning. But I want to start this morning just by saying this. I already made this statement once, but I just want to, I want to, just the foundation of all of us coming back together. This is not any sort of, and I I think that you know this about me, but I want to make it known and broadcast it. If you didn't get it throughout the whole worship thing, this is not a political statement that we're coming back together. We are not making any kind of stand. We are not frustrated with the government and how they've done us wrong and that they've closed churches. That's not, that's not where we're at, okay? And there's a lot of people that, do, that feel that way. And I understand, it's like, like I said before, people feel called into to the political system or to stand against something if that is led by Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to trust when I see some people that that's what's going on. But the worst thing we can do is twofold, which is one compare ourselves to someone else and miss what this place is designed to do and then compare others to us and miss what they were called to do the kingdom is diverse and people are called to different things and different realms of the kingdom and that's why it's so important to be drawn to called to sure of the tribe that you're with this is where Yahweh's called us in this place for a specific purpose and it looks different from anybody else so I just say for us for this house This has nothing to do with politics, the government, the coronavirus, or anything else that's swirling out there. This has to do with the guidance and the direction of Holy Spirit. I believe that he gave us this day. We we were, I guess, technically allowed to meet before this. I mean, the governor even went as far to say that he never closed churches, which is kind of confusing. But um, (laughs) it's always like, I saw this funny meme that's like, you need to be open while remaining closed. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. What do I do? <clears throat> um, it's funny. I, I, I've said I, I have not heard a, uh, a church or a pastor or anybody throughout this process make the statement that we are going back because Holy Spirit led us to. See, that to a lot of people would sound crazy. It's like, that's so religious, like, oh, Holy Spirit's guiding you. But that, if you realize, like, that is the whole basis of our belief. That, that's literally how Yeshua lived his life, was the guidance and direction of Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. That was his thing. The other day I was with Jonathan Murner right there, um, and we, <laughs> he said, is that what you're looking for? And I looked up, and there's a screen above us, and on CNN, there was this, like, little, whatever you call those little line, headliner thing that said, um, it was a pastor on one split screen with this news um, media person, and the, the headline just said, we're going back to church when Holy Spirit tells us we can. And he's like, is that what you're looking for? I was like, come on, man. That's what I'm talking about. So I know there's that out there, but we need to be, we, in, in all of this, man, this, this, is, this is what we need to be led by. By the way, let me make this awkward real quick. Jonathan and Tamara, will you all stand up, please? (laughs) 
good news is that, ah, don't you do it. Stay up. He's rocking the man bun way better than I am this morning. But listen, we, uh, my, my good friends, Henry and Caroline, have talked to me recently over the past few weeks as they've gone through some hard things. They've taught me about receiving into the kingdom, that the kingdom doesn't take. Yahweh doesn't take, but takes, but he receives. And Jonathan and Tamara have been guided by Holy Spirit to join this tribe and to be here. So they officially live in Panama City, Florida. And uh, and I just I just want to I just want to make the declaration that we receive you guys not just because we love you which we do Jonathan's been my friend since I beat him in a wrestling match at five years old, but uh, <laughs> he's been he's been my best friend Tamara as well we've gone to school together that arc over there we were talking about recently I mean Tamara her mat was clo- I remember Tamara taking nap close to me our mats being close together in preschool when that was a preschool so. We've got a lot of history, and it's amazing. I know Andre and Leslie are super happy, but it's amazing their story and how, how Yahweh brought them into this place. So we just received them this morning. We love them. We're here for you guys if you ever need anything. Um, so love you guys. And I know there's so many others. Really, it's, it's incredible that there's been so many families, different families that are, that are being drawn and they're being called to this place, and it's in this certain place. Not, not, not us, not the word, not what, but this, this certain place. There's some kind of frequency, I believe, coming out of this very land that's calling people to this place, that's drawing people to this place, not to join a church, but to join a tribe, to join a movement of worshipers, of people that are not trying to enter into the, the world, po- the political world or anything like that, but are just here for the one thing that I have desired of the Lord. And so I... Uh, so I've heard this whisper this week, and I'm, I'm, I don't intend to talk long, mainly because I have, I, I'm, I, y'all hear me say this all the time, but I'm everywhere. Like, I sat down to try to write notes, and I'm just like, God, I have so many things in my head, and I just, whatever Holy Spirit wants to speak, we'll just, we'll just talk, we'll dialogue here for a little bit. But I, I've heard this whisper this week, and it's, and it's very familiar, but this is what I feel Holy Spirit saying. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, which comes from a scripture that we've, in a story that we've read so many, so many, so many, so many times. Um, I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. Eva spoke about it a couple months ago. But it's when Yeshua gets onto a boat after, after being um, mocked by some Pharisees. He gets onto a boat and he, and he tells his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, which represents the political and religious system. And I feel like this is the word for today, for this time, for this hour. He, you know, Yeshua would take the drunkards and everything else before he would take the Pharisee, the, 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 the religious mindset or the political mindset. And we have, we have such, a, such a skewed perception of what holiness and what righteousness looks like because we are gauging it by the complete wrong gauge. And so what happens in this time, he even talks to these Pharisees. So, so just to give you a timeline, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but you have, they have just fed the 5,000 and the 7,000, which we know is more like 30,000 to 50,000 people. They've fed with, with nothing. 
He's made this miraculous thing happen. They've gotten on the ship. They go to this other place where they, he, Yeshua gets off and these Pharisees stop him, Pharisees and Sadducees, and they stop him and they say, they say, if you're the son of God, show us a sign. And he starts to, to rebuke them by saying, listen, you, you know how to predict the weather because of what the skies look like. You're a hypocrite because you cannot read the signs of the time. And if you look into really what, like, think through that process, think, think through what he's saying to them, and let's put it in our day and say, you can tell that times are bad because the environment around you, because you can see that things are going wrong, that things are rough, that you got the pandemic and you got these political things going on, you've got these religious things going on, you can see all this swirling and so many people really honestly are freaked out at this time. I'm not saying that this people, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to give us a, a, I believe, a word of caution because you remember he does not say beware of the political and religious system. That's not what he says. He says beware of the leaven. So why is he talking to the disciples about this? Because Yeshua goes up there and he's just done this miraculous, amazing thing. He showed up in a day and he comes over to where there's these Pharisees in this religious system that are mocking him. He gets back on the boat with his disciples and they're going, what in the world? Why, why didn't you just show them? Why, you just, just rip open some bread and show them that it multiplies. Heal somebody, do something. Show up. And I feel like there's so many people in this day that are wondering why. Why aren't you showing up? Where's the miracles? Where's the signs? And I feel this whisper to our, to our family, this tribe for sure, but I believe this goes to everybody else, that the word of the day is Yeshua, Holy Spirit, is coming to us and saying, beware of the leaven, the little bit, the little bit, that gets into, your, gets into your mind. It's why I've been so, 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 so strong on this thing. Yahweh's been changing some things in me, and it's through this one word, which I believe is what's coursing through this whole revelation of Holy Spirit. And what's coursing through this story and this word right now is this one word, which is holiness. Holiness. And I believe that we all have a... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll speak for myself. Hearing that word gives me a complete skewed perception. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see holiness, like, and I don't think that the church, I don't think that our world really sees holiness rightly. And because we don't see holiness rightly, we don't see righteousness rightly. We have a wrong gauge for righteousness. I know that this is everywhere. Hang on, I'm pulling this in. Understand, in the Bible, righteousness and holiness are, are one and the same. Not, they're not one and the same. They're seen together multiple times in the Bible. And it's because you have to be one in order to get one. You have to be, live in holiness in order to truly have righteousness. Because it's his righteousness. You know that the Bible doesn't call Jesus, he, it's called, he's called holy. Yahweh is called holy, but you don't refer to him as holy Yahweh or holy Jesus. But there is holy spirit, spirit specifically holy spirit. Holy Spirit was sent to us to make us, first and foremost, holy. And I've seen, if I go back throughout my life, I see that holiness 
was a gateway to supernatural breakthrough in my life. And I believe that this, that this time, what Yahweh is doing is he's saying, listen to the spirit of truth. He was talking to those people about being holy here, holiness in your mind. And holiness is, doesn't mean righteousness. It's not about right or wrong. Righteousness, with the, core, the root word there being right, living rightly, is not holiness. Holiness is, being, is about being set apart, Holiness is about separation. It's about taking yourself out of one dimension and putting yourself into another. It's taking yourself out of one mindset and putting yourself into another mindset. Taking yourself out of one trust and putting yourself into another trust. In fact, I, I, it was funny, I was reading to my boys last night before they went to bed, and we were reading this book called The Miracles of Jesus. And before all of you fathers and mothers sit there and go, man, he's super holy. It's usually like Dragons Love Tacos, Daniel Tiger, um, you know, Frank the Frog. Like, it's not usually the miracles of Jesus. Not saying anything's wrong with that. It happened to be the miracles of Jesus yesterday. Just want to keep it real. <laughs> but, but we're reading, and, and the story I'm reading is, a, is so, <laughs> it's so obvious and familiar, but it's talking about Peter when he walks on the water. Have y'all heard this story before? It's crazy. Yeshua goes to pray, and he tells his disciples to go out into the lake in their boat. And as he's praying, there's a storm that comes, and there's these big waves, and it's crazy wind and everything else. And the disciples are freaking out once again in the middle of a storm. They're freaking out, and here comes Yeshua walking on the water to them. And at first, they think it's a ghost. And then he comes and gets closer and says, it's me, Yeshua. And Peter jumps, is on the side, and he yells to him. He says, well, if it's you, Yeshua, then let me come to you. Tell me to come to you. And he says, all right, let's go. Come on. Peter gets out onto the water, is walking on the water. I'm reading this, and my boys are like, Dad, get on with the story. I'm like... Peter is walking on the water. Did y'all get that? Let me preach to you a second. He walks on the, gosh, whoo, come on. <laughs> but he's, Peter gets out of, the, out of the boat because of the call of Yeshua, which in the middle of chaos and calamity is the times that you will always hear yourself being called into holiness. But holiness is exclusivity. There's a Greek word, called peripoesis, that means one exclusive to another. I, am, I have a peripoesis relationship with my wife. She wouldn't be cool with me having a little bit of a relationship over here and then having a relationship with her. That's not cool. But we do that with Yeshua. And we're called to be the bride of Christ. We live that way with Yeshua. And so what happens is Peter gets out of the boat. He's literally supernaturally walking on water, which Frank told me last night that he can do. He just needs to get a little bit older. And he, uh, I was like, actually, let's reverse that. You need to believe that way now and just take that into you being older. But he, uh, but so he's walking supernaturally on the water. Waves start coming in and the, the things swirling around him starts to mess with the comfort within him. And he slips and goes down. And he's, Yeshua, save me, save me. And of course, Yeshua gets him, picks him up, and he's like, you know, man, come on. Where's your, where's your faith? 
You let doubt win. Why did you fear? And then I love how the disciples start to worship him and say, truly, you're the son of God. Really? You think? Like, yes. I just walked out here on the water. I, I got some gifts. But he, it's, fear is a, is, a, is a funny thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the most plaguing things in our lives. There's such a level of trust that we're called to in this day that is really a choice. And it's all about holiness. You see, we, we gauge, we have, so many people are worried about like us, not, where's the doctrine, where's the law that we have to abide by? Because if you don't listen, people are going to think it's okay to be homosexual. People are going to think it's okay to go out and get drunk. People are going to think it's okay to do drugs and this standard of, where's the standard of righteousness? You're focusing on the wrong thing. Because the thing that plagues this, the church and the world right now has nothing to do with those things. The core and root has to do with the leaven of Herod and of the Pharisees, of the political and religious system. And I'm telling you, in the church, that is more rampant than any other thing. That spirit is unto what all falls from it. Those are all effects of us not focusing first on holiness. His holiness through Holy Spirit takes us into a place of not your righteousness, his righteousness. Every Christian kid in America heard from their, their mother or their father, you're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. You're supposed to be in this world, but you're not of it, to keep them in this path of righteousness. That comes from Yeshua saying that about himself and calling his disciples to the same thing when he's praying in John. But he, we're called to be in this world, but not of it. Well, so if we're in this world, but we're not of this world, what world are we of? And I feel like we have to, we have to understand that what we have done as a church is we want to be in his world, a la Peter stepping onto the water, call me to you, let me be a part of your world, but we don't want to be of his world. And, and, and this, 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 this is a whole mindset thing. It's, it's all about holiness. It's, it's about separating ourselves, being exclusive one to another. It's not about right and wrong. Am I making sense this morning? Y'all seeing what I'm saying? So the whisper being, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, because what religion and what politics, and we, let's, let's jump, just stay on politics. I think that means a whole lot more to this house because we just don't like the religious thing anyways. But politics and making a stand in a day like this, and I'm, again, I'm just gonna keep saying this because I don't want anybody to be like, well, I'm in a stand. And, no, like it, Holy Spirit, Will, will show you the way. He'll show you the truth. You can believe what you need to believe, but I'm saying beware of that leaven because what religion and what politics do is they are meant, they set the way that they control is by fear. That is, that is the prime, it can be truth in this day, but how you will get it is fear. That's how the media spreads things. That's how social media spreads things. That's how we receive things as fear. And fear is a very, very generationally powerful substance. 
And this is why Yeshua is saying, beware of the leaven. Beware of just a little bit of fear. Don't get this whole thing that I didn't perform a miracle in that day and I'm not showing up. Understand who you're with. Understand the world that we live in because if you accept just a little bit of fear, then generations to come will be affected by that fear. It is scientifically proven that fear passes down generations. It doesn't change your DNA but it puts what they call tags on your DNA. They, they studied this years ago with mice where they would, they would introduce like this smell of a, of a chemical what, smell, what smells like blueberries or walnuts or something that's not you know, bad at all, but they would do that and then they would shock the mice. And there was this whole group of mice that they, when they bred them and they had babies, they would put that smell in the air and those babies would run and hide. But, the, but the, other, the other mice that were never exposed to that, their babies just had no, nothing walking around. They see, they, they've said that people from like the Civil War, like their offspring. I think, Eva, you told me that you, you read something about it passes down at least four generations. Like people from the, uh, from, you know, the Nazi times and Holocaust and all that stuff, they're, literally their offspring, their offspring carries a fear that they never experienced themselves. So in this day, when politics seem to be getting a little bit more controlling or there's an assumed fear, there's a, there's a generation, even a, this millennial generation that is experiencing something and lashing out, acting out because they're responding to these things that are little tags on their DNA that causes your body to read things differently, that causes them to assume things differently. And we have to get this generation, we have to get this, this ourselves back to the place of holiness, of one set apart to another, of peripoesis. I believe this is the call for this hour and this, and this time, is that Holy Spirit is coming. He's, to, he's, he's not just once. It's not just a filling. It's a continual filling. It's a continual setting yourself apart. And not just to flow in the Spirit, first holy. That's the first thing he's going to deal with. And holiness looks differently. To other people, but one thing, it, but the, the core of it is all the same that we are to separate ourselves from the truth of this world. There's such a demand for us to understand everything. We speak before we even know what the truth really is, even in the natural. We throw things out there. And we're called to be image bearers. Are we image bearers of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, African Americans, whites? Is that the image that we bear or is it Yeshua the Christ? Is that what is filling us? Is that who we are? Is that what we're speaking out of? David we, read, we talked about this just recently. This is such a powerful story for this time. But the, David and, and the, the ephod, David's ephod, we always have holiness is such a choice. Holiness is such a choice. And, and we come to these, place, these places where what helped us in one day is not what we're supposed to pick up in another day. David is, he has his back against the wall. He's being chased by Saul. He's, he goes into this temple and he meets a priest by the name of Ahimelech. 
And Ahimelech is telling him that he does not, David's asking for a sword or spear, which is completely contrary to what he used to walk in, which was the word of Yahweh, no sword or spear, but the word of Yahweh. He comes in, asks for a sword or a spear, and Ahimelech says, there is a sword right behind the ephod. It, and, and in behind the ephod was Goliath's sword, the sword that he cut Goliath's head off with. David calls to that sword and says, there's none like it, bring it to me. David never uses that sword. And there's such an option. There's such a choice today. What, what the two things were, he reached around the ephod, which in David's day represented holiness, represented a different truth, represented a change of the way that you think. There is an ephod He reaches around the ephod to grab a sword to deal with his situation. And I'm telling you today that so many of us have reached around this age of peace. We've reached around this this set-apart lifestyle, this holiness. Not the standard of righteousness, holiness. His righteousness comes through holiness, but we step, we reach around because we demand to understand and we demand to, to figure out how we, how we need to handle things and we forfeit the eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man, the things that I will do. We're called to a different day. We have to have a different response. The ephod representing set apart. So David runs, all of these men are killed by his choice including Ahimelech. The only one that escapes is actually Ahimelech's son. His name is Abiathar. Abiathar runs to a place where Saul thinks he's got David completely surrounded. In fact, he says that he believes Yahweh delivered David into his hand. And Abiathar, the son of the man who David really killed, David's choice to grab that sword killed him. He sees his generational assignment. I'm tying a lot of things together here. If you haven't listened to the past messages, some of this stuff won't even make sense. But he sees his generational assignment, Abiathar, is not to be offended, not to feel like his generation was skipped, not to feel like his generation was misunderstood. I'm speaking to the millennials here. But to show that you carry presence you carry truth, and this is, the, this is the weapon of warfare for today. So many churches are filled with millennials, worshiping, going crazy, and all that kind of stuff, and it's not good that there's not a, a, a mix of the generations. We should be multi-generational, a multi-generational body, and our, our group needs to be able to come to uh, an older generation and hand them the ephod and they need to lay down the sword and step into this day of worship and we should all be together in worship. I want to read one story. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to speak long today. I just, I really, I feel like if I tried to continue to speak and do all this stuff, I'd be everywhere and it would be really weird because I really feel like the word today that we need to take with us is beware of the leaven. Like call this, this, this house. Don't, don't go out here and preach this to everybody. Though I think it is for everybody. But, but I'm telling you, in this house, we're going to be a peculiar people. That doesn't mean weird, though weird isn't bad. It means one set apart exclusively un, one to another, to Yahweh. 
That's who we are called to be, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read out of Daniel real quick. And we've read this story before, but man, is it powerful for this moment. Daniel 1 is where we're going to start. I hear all the pages flipping, so I know you're with me. Appreciate that. Literally did not hear one page. I'm just, y'all, are, y'all just have your iPhones. That's what it is. There you go. See, it's iPhones. All right, wave your iPhones at me if that's what you're looking at. I feel a little bit better. No, so the Passion Translation. But look what, see, I got New King James. I told you I don't only read out of the Passion Translation. Come on now. Can't leave the King James in the car. When I started to hear this, this, this word holiness, which I, I, know, I, I hope I'm, I'm going to be able to portray how important, and vi- I, I genuinely feel like it's a gateway to supernatural breakthrough. I feel like if there's ever anything going on in our lives where we feel like it, it's chaotic, there's something that's just not right, I need breakthrough. You will, if you quiet yourself, you will hear Holy Spirit drawing you into holiness separation. And I promise you that seed of holiness will make things, you basically are opening up a gate into supernatural breakthrough in your life. I want to show you this in Daniel. So Daniel 1.1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach in the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Verse 5 says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel... Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, more commonly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. He gave Hananiah the name Shadrach. To Mishael, he gave Meshach. And to Azariah, he gave Abednego. Why the names change? What made these boys' Hebrew names unacceptable to, uh, unacceptable to the Babylonians? Their meaning of their Hebrew name centered on the one true God. Daniel's name meant God is my judge. Hananiah's name meant Yah has been gracious. Mishael, who is what God is? And Azariah, Yah has helped me. Contrast that to their new names whose meaning centered on several false Babylonian gods. Belteshazzar means Bel will protect. Shadrach, inspired of Aku, Meshach, belonging to Aku, and Abednego, servant of Nego. I've heard a word used in, throughout all this pandemic. 
and it's the word safe. Everything that we do is to keep us safe. Some genius decided that six feet apart means someone can't cough on you. (laughs) Safe. I just... Wake up. Wake up. The moment that we lean into safe of this world is the moment that we're also willing to accept an inferior name, an inferior identity. You might be safe. Might. But what power comes to a people that, is, that are not willing to compromise, that are not willing to give up their name for another to remain safe. These boys had just gotten their whole lives ripped away from them. Their names are getting changed. Verse 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. See, we always read the story of Daniel and the lion's den. We always read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fire. And those are powerful in and of themselves. But you have to go back to what was it that caused the supernatural breakthrough. And that is, they, they didn't just not compromise in that day they didn't compromise from day one in the midst of fear in the midst of chaos in the midst of pandemic they were willing to be holy one to another and so Daniel said he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs eunuchs that he might not defile himself now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs We can either constantly live our lives working to try to gain favor of others or we can literally live out of the favor that we already have through Yeshua. We have to come to the place of knowing that we are favored. And if we lean into this, to the true world, to truth, if we lean into that holy truth, there's going to be things that open up for us that shouldn't open up for us. He is the God of impossible. And that is not just a hype up, get you to amen, because I haven't heard enough this morning. It's, it's, to, it's, it's reality. It is the truth. It is being led by Holy Spirit. Don't say you're spirit-filled. There's a lot of people, witch doctors and all, that are spirit-filled. I'm holy Spirit-filled. I am set apart by Ruach Kodesh. Nine, verse nine says, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor of, and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger, then you would endanger my head before the king. His, his assumption, because his truth is, if I don't give you these things, these, were, these are things to keep you safe, man. Self-preservation will put you in a place of fear. The Bible tells you you must lose your life to gain it. Oh, death, where is your sting? 
doesn't mean that we don't care if we die or not. It means that my whole life, my whole trust, my whole safety, I'm under the, the comfort of his wings and the wraparound presence of his arms. That's where I live. That's where I have to move from. That's where I'm holy unto. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Poor guys. Then let, out, then let our appearance be examined before you. And the appearance of the young men who eat the, the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. There's, got, there's going to be a manifestation of your faith. Like, and I don't mean that you just are faith, full of faith. I'm talking that Yahweh does come through. That, that when we are wholly set apart, there should be an equal, measurable impact on the culture around you and your life. Like, we have to expect those things. Prayer. what's the the quote I'm looking for for Bill Johnson we say all the time come on Ben you're the biggest Bill Johnson fan I know come on man it's impossible to pray and nothing happen that's what it is it's impossible to pray and nothing happen it's impossible I'm telling you when you give something to Yahweh it might not look exactly what you think will be the breakthrough right away but you need to know that something took place that something supernatural takes place when you commit your heart to holiness to be set one to another So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the, of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. I'm telling you that there is a a natural... See, we, we don't think... A lot of times we get so caught up in everything going on that literally the, the kingdom of God, Holy Spirit everything that we have access to becomes kind of like secondary. And we don't really, it almost sounds weird. Like, you know, the, the, the man on, on the pastor on the screen that said, we go back to church when Holy Spirit tells us to. I promise you that CNN has him looking like an absolute kook up there. I couldn't hear the sound, but I guarantee that's the image that's portrayed. But you understand that holiness is gonna make you look different because his righteousness comes in. But, there's a big butt that does not. There's this, there's this, there's this. 
All right, I'm lost in what I'm saying. I'm going to go back to this. There has got to be a physical manifestation. There will be, if we subject ourselves, I'm telling you, this people, this land, it is different. It is not like everything else. We look differently, not because we act differently, but because we respond differently to everything around us. We respond to the Holy Spirit, holiness within us, that we're called away. You find Yeshua through many times that he's walking by the lake. He's getting away from the crowd. He only had three years to accomplish what he needed to accomplish. Yet multiple times you just find him up on a mountain, over here praying, getting away. That is his call. He, he takes himself out. He separates himself from all the natural calamity of this world. Well, how you got to have knowledge of this world in order to make sure you don't falter and to stay safe. But God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding and visions in all dreams. Have I told you about my word study on all? In everything. The the favor followed them throughout their entire life. So let's jump over to six and read the story that we're familiar with, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Six one says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. That the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this, dis- then this Daniel distinguished himself above... What did I say there? Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps <laughs> because of an excellent spirit was in him. What spirit you think that is? The spirit of holiness. Because of Daniel's choice when it was, it was impossible. His leaning into the trust of Yahweh. Himself, he, he distinguished himself above all the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could, no, they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against him, against this Daniel, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus, thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, I, I'm, listen, I'm all for honoring But how strange is this story? 30 days to stay safe. (sighs) We can read about biblical times or we can realize that we're in them. We have the same choice as these men did. But they're not telling us we can't worship. They're not telling us we can't do these things. 
It's different. Or is it? We're being separated. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm just, listen, if you are not separating yourself in holiness in this time, you will be basically bowing down to a world system. That's what we're doing. That's what we do when we don't, when we don't allow holiness to overtake. So all the governors and kingdom uh, of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes or Persians which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when this is verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. When he knew that the writing was signed, he knew what the law was. He went home and he went into his upper room. With the windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as was his custom. These men assembled, found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that, ha- that every man who petitions any god or man with- within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true. According to the, word, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter... So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart. Sounds like the call of Daniel. Makes petitions three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was great, greatly displeased with himself. <laughs> and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. The same man that wrote the law. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace. We're almost done. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. You, you realize all of this came because of Daniel and his holiness. You will be a sign and a wonder to even those that are making laws against you. I, I truly believe that that's, that's what this house is being called to. And we can believe it as church or we can lean into this thing to know that we are coming together as worshipers, as people that are set apart unto him, going to look different and change culture around us. I mean the very land. Remember that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
But we were also given dominion over this planet, and we got to stop responding to the earth, and the earth needs to start to respond to us. It's not wait, us waiting for the earth to rise up. The earth is waiting for the sons and daughters to rise up. We have got to be responding to the holiness, the Holy Spirit within us. And I'm telling you, that little thing, seemingly little thing, is going to start to change the culture around us. Not a law. Not a vaccine. An atmosphere. This is what Yeshua did. Our standards of righteousness, we want to be different by like, hey, if you don't eat pork, if you don't drink, if you do this, if you do that, if you don't, all of these things is what makes you the standard of righteousness. You've got to look different. Well, you know, in Yeshua's day, the miraculous signs and wonders of the presence that was within him is what made him set apart and look different. There's a story in the Bible that a dead man is thrown on Elisha's bones and he comes back to life. A shadow passes across sick people and they stand up and are healed. What kind of standard would that look like? We wouldn't need this standard and rule book if you just saw that. Every man would be drawn to the thing that was within you, within us. I'm going to get through this, I promise. This is, where, where were we? We'll start in 20. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king had, Daniel had been thrown in overnight. The king comes running to him to find out if he's alive. Then the king spoke saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury what, whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command that they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones into pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. That truth that was declared came by one man's holiness. One man's obedience to the voice of Yahweh. Y'all stand with me. I, I believe that throughout this pandemic, Yahweh has shifted the way that church is done. Meaning, this is no longer just a place to come get your cup filled. Though you can get your cup filled. Though you can be encouraged. But I believe what this is supposed to look like, I, I mentioned it 
earlier, but is supposed to be streams coming from our own homes, in our own lifestyles, our own holiness, our own set apart, streams coming together. You see, a stream by itself produces other streams. That's all it can produce. Other streams, great, they're amazing, that's good. But it takes a river to start to mold and change the landscape. And those streams, a river doesn't produce itself. It comes by the way of streams. And I believe that this time, this moment together is supposed to look like a river. That our streams come to feed the church and not the church feed the streams. This is why we've been separated. Because what the enemy might have meant for evil, Yahweh turned it for good. And I see this through the lens of his goodness. It is so good that we got separated for a time and sat in our house. There wasn't a government official that kept me from it. Yahweh did. He set me in my house. And he wants, even now, just because we come back together does not mean that when you go home and in everything that you do, you can't set yourself as a holy people. You can't stream with him in your own household. You can't let the presence fill your entire house and not wait till we come into church. What will it look like when all of these streams start to come together into this river? It's going to be amazing. So Yahweh, we thank you. We love you. Please let this word get into the heart of people. Please let your holiness start to start to become manifest in our lives. Give us a hunger to separate ourselves from the truths of this world and, and subject our hearts to the truth of the kingdom. Let us see Holy Spirit for the powerful, amazing, miracle-working person that is within us. And subject our hearts to that. Subject our truths to that. Let us live and work out of that, out of our rest. And Yahweh, we speak over all of the swirling that's happening right now. We speak over all the people that are confused and, and don't know what the answer is. It might be angry. It might be upset. It might be sick. And we just draw them to your heart today, Yahweh. We, let us be a demonstration that this is how we fight our battles. We fight them at the table. We don't need to make a political stand to, to show you you. We just need to bear your image, Yahweh. So I just ask that this people, as they go out, they bear the image of Yeshua the Christ. They bear the image of Holy Spirit, that they're not drawn to the political, the leaven of the political and the religious systems, but they rest in your holiness and set themselves apart as holy. We love you, Yahweh. We thank you for this tribe. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for this house. We thank you for all those that came before us, all those that we have that will come after us. And we just thank you for this moment in time, Yahweh. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.